Today is Thursday, July 28th, and you've found The Paul List, a daily comics analysis podcast. My name is uh, Tuply. I'm on Twitter at T-W-O-P-L-A-I, or you can um, email me at tuply at gmail.com. Uh, I take a comic every day. I look at it from a variety of perspectives. This is a bit of a research project for me, a bit of a attempt to... Um, understand the wide, wide-ranging world of comics from a wide-ranging uh, variety of perspectives. Um, I'm a literacy researcher, consider myself a critic, um, and just ha- I have a great time reading comics. Uh, and not only that, I have a great time reading comics with, um, with my family, with my daughter especially. Um, and recently made a little bit of a shift in the programming so that on... Um, on Fridays like this, uh, we would have the Friday Family Graphic Novel. And one reason I wanted to introduce that as a category for our, um, our you know, sort of cycling through every week is because I think that the um, market for all ages graphic novels is um, really interesting to look at. Um, because I am an educator, because I am a literacy researcher, and because I'm a father, um, uh, I, I really think that... Um, the 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 sort of the boom in um, comics that are being produced now to um, target young readers, um, beginning readers, uh, you know, uh, adolescents. Um, it's really great. It's really great. I think there's a, a great variety that's being introduced, and kids, you know, really all over the world are super excited about superheroes. They always have been, but it's really at a peak right now because of the movies. Um, but also, you know, there are Works like um, Raina Telgemeier's uh, Smile and Drama and Sisters um, and her Babysitter Club books that are um, enormously popular and, and bestsellers. And I think, you know, we're looking at a generation of kids who are raised on Bone or raised on Amulet or raised on uh, Raina Telgemeier's books. Um, and, and since that um, segment of the readership is booming and now we have kids who are growing up used to reading that kind of graphic novel, um, you know, we're going to see an impact on literacy. Um, and I don't think it's very simplistic. Um, I, <laughs> if you listen to yesterday's episode, you know that simplistic is something I'm always trying to avoid. Um, but, you know, it's 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 not so simple as we're raising up people who are eager readers. Um, that may be true. That may be the case. But I also think that there is something about the um, visual nature of our contemporary media landscape that... Um, kids have to navigate uh, several different knowledges, uh, many different semiotic systems, um, from the layout of a web page and the function of a device, um, you know, a, a smartphone, a virtual reality device, an augmented reality um, interface, um, as well as to, you know, navigate, live in be immersed in a hypervisual culture where the production of video and um, you know uh, distribution of images uh, at a rate uh, unprecedented in history um, is the is the world that they grow up in um, and and of course text language um, orality hasn't disappeared at all it's just become um, more integrated with this sea of uh, images and video and um, and visual communication that that kids now have to navigate, and within that, the graphic novel I think plays a certain role. Is a kind of schooling. Is a kind of discipline. 
of reading. And, um, and so it's interesting to kind of speculate about that stuff. Um, and also my daughter is five and we read a lot of comics. Today was uh, one of our daddy daughter nights and, you know, we do activities, uh, but sometimes, uh, it, <laughs> it's simple. We, I, Pull, I bring out a stack of books or I pull up the iPad and then we're set. <laughs> and that's kind of the case too. Um, when I thought, when I decided and made the plunge that Friday would be the Friday family graphic novel, um, I was really gratified that immediately a, a, a huge list of books came to mind that I wanted to talk about. Um, I, I thought about talking about Compass South, which came out last week from Hope uh, by Hope Larson. Um, instead, I, I figured that I'm going to talk about Batgirl number one for the Saturday Super Friend, written by Hope Larson. So I thought I'd you know maybe come back to Compass South later on. Um, I thought about a book that was just published by uh, Dark Horse called Bird Boy, Volume One, which just came out. Um, that's interesting too. Um, I thought about a uh, a book that came out last year but was nominated for an Eisner that I hadn't read until recently um, called Baba Yaga's Assistant, written by Marika Makula and illustrated by Emily Carroll. Um, I thought about a number of books. I thought about um, uh, the recent Matt Kent, Brian Hurt, uh, Poppy in the Something Lagoon. <laughs> that was really fun. Uh, and then I thought about talking about Bone Coda. Um, Bone, which I talked about the, the artist edition of a number of weeks ago, um, has a 25th uh, 25 years since its start, 15 years since it ended, um, a sort of an anniversary coda uh, that Jeff Smith has drawn. And uh, unfortunately, Amazon hasn't delivered it yet to me, so I don't have it on hand to talk about. Um, instead, what I'm going to talk about is a book called The King of Kazoo, and it's published by um, Graphics, an imprint of Scholastic. And Graphics has, you know, really made headway in the graphic novel realm. Um, especially because Raina Telgemeier has um, published her, her works through graphics. And um, uh, I think that they're coming out with some really good stuff. Um, we, uh, there's a sale actually in Comixology. I'm not sure if it's going to last, um, how, how long it's going to last, but it's going on right now. Um, through that sale, I pre-ordered The King of Kazoo, and so I got it on Wednesday when it came out. Um, but there's uh, a lot of other books <laughs> in there. But actually, when when um, the sale came up and I was on Comixology shopping, I was actually more shocked by how many of the books I already own and I've already read with my daughter or by myself um, than than the ones that were you know now available to me to buy. So if it's still there, I think that Comixology sale and graphics books, um, Scholastic graphic novels, is definitely worth checking out. Well, look there, you'll find Norm Feudy's The King of Kazoo. And I read The King of Kazoo with with uh, <laughs> my kid uh, just uh, just today. And you know what I'll usually do to introduce a, a a comic to her is I think if I talk it up too much in advance or try to sh you know uh, do a sales job uh, you know on the book to her, um, then whatever whatever fears or worries or lack of interest she might have um, has a chance to be to uh to surface so instead what i'll do is i'll just start opening to the first page and read um, and that's what i did the king of kazoo and in that first page um in that beginning of the king of kazoo you um encounter um the character who i argue is the main character um and then this is kind of what i want to talk about today um uh the main character even though the title is the king of kazoo uh the king of kazoo is a uh 
is a, is a king. <laughs> he looks youngish. He is um, in a line of kings, including King Caesar, the founder of the city, King Cassius, defender of the realm, King Carlisle, simplifier of the taxes, and King Cornelius, whose um, you know moniker, his title, his his um, you know his his claim to fame is yet to, yet to be made. Um, and he's brash, and he is um, stubborn, and he is self-satisfied, and he is. Um, you know, uh, positively enthusiastic about his own fame <laughs> and reputation. And um, he is he is forgetful and, um, you know, the kind of character that uh, drives you crazy, except that you realize that um, since he's at the center of everything, you just are going to have to like him and to some extent have to root for him. Um, he... Uh, he seems to be the central character. Um, he's the king of Kazoo. And Kazoo is a land of, um, you know, um, sort of animal creatures. They look like bunnies, maybe. <laughs> um, they're sort of, um, you know, animal, but, but so clearly um, human analogs that um, it's very approachable. And I think that's what I'd say about the, the graphic novel overall. Um, it I, I don't mean to to um, darn it with faint praise, but um, approachable, I think, is a really good thing. I think that um, there are styles of graphic novels that are trying to appeal to kids where the style is so bombastic or is so um, extreme or is so particular, um, so specific that um, it can be off-putting. Um, I won't name who I'm thinking of, but there are certain well-known graphic artists, graphic novel artists for kids who, when you first look at their work as an adult, you're like, wow, this looks cool. I think a kid is going to think this is cool. But when you hand it to a kid, it, it sort of doesn't scan the with the readability that they're used to, um, that they can sort of enter into easily. Um, contrast that with, for example, Raina Telgemeier, who I keep mentioning, or... Um, you know, the work of somebody like like um, Matthew and Jenny Holm, who have, whether it's their baby mouse, sort of more uh, extreme, stylized kind of character, or their recent Sunny Side Up, which is a really gentle and very human kind of story, um, it's approachable. And I think that approach is so important for young readers or reluctant readers. And I think the King of Kazoo, um, in its colors, in its, um, in its art, in its, its storytelling, uh, the sequential... Um, storytelling is very approachable and the story um, has a way of pulling you in and it, that's what it did with my my kid um, and so you meet the king of kazoo uh, actually the first pages you meet the king's daughter whose name is bing and bing is a girl with curly locks um, who has a magic bird that uh, she can touch uh, and see through his eyes uh, hodor style i think is that no Br bran i don't know i haven't I'm not keeping up with Game of Thrones, <laughs> but you get the picture. Uh, she's got some magic, um, but it's 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 very charmingly and lightly introduced. For instance, she um, sees a vision through the bird. You don't actually see what she sees. You just see her on a couch in a on a page of twelve panels where every panel looks almost the same but for slight differences and you see her on a couch seeing through the eyes of the bird and narrating what she sees and no crazy spectacular visions just her with um weird uh, you know <laughs> googly eyes um having a magical vision from the bird uh and it's very gentle as i said and very approachable and um 
and uh, appealing. And so Bing, uh, who is this daughter of King, uh, the King of Kazoo, King Cornelius, is, um, she, you know, she is really the, um, the proxy figure for the reader. And I think my daughter could see that right away and could enter that. And so, like I said, the argument here is that, um, and, and I think this is, you know, obviously something that's done in in all levels of literature from um, the Greek chorus to Nick Carraway. But the idea that you're you're seeing through the eyes of a character, and even though another character seems to be the central figure, actually the one who um, who you see through, you know, again, the, the proxy for the reader is the important one. Um, and I think in, in the case of this story, the King of Kazoo is everything that a growing kid, maybe especially a growing girl about their dad, but not always the case, I think, but, um, or, or, you know, works <coughs> sort of regardless of gender. The sense that you have when you start to figure things out as a kid that your parents are a little nuts and maybe a little bit um, blind. <laughs> and that's not something that you, um, I mean, you, I think that's an adolescent experience or a pre, you know, a pre-adolescent experience. But I think it does start to creep in um, when kids are, are younger, eight, uh, seven, the, that um, your, ki- your parent might be slightly nuts. And King Cornelius, there's the, you know, no queen, no mother sort of present or discussed, but King Cornelius is definitely um, way too caught up in himself and way too caught up in his notions to realize the, um, what his sort of engineer scientist um, lackey Torque is, is trying to communicate with him, who for some reason Torque doesn't speak, um, and so trying to communicate through hand gestures or facial expressions. Uh, and for that matter, King Cornelius seems utterly... Um, uh, deaf to to Bing and and all the entreaties that she makes to pay attention to the things that he should pay attention to, too wrapped up in his own uh, as I said you know illusions of his own grandeur. Um, so it's that kind of story. It's fun. They kind of go on an adventure because something has happened and the king is dead set on proving to his kingdom that he's there to protect them and to reap the rewards of the glory of. Um, being their savior, um, and uh, his his uh, torque, his inventor, scientist, fellow has in, has invented the automobile, which he uh, insists uh, king the king insists on calling the uh, Cornelius. Uh, what did he call it? The Cornelius uh, Carrier? That's not right. Uh, <laughs> I will find it. Um, but anyway, um, he he wants to show off the car that he has. Uh, you know, um, uh, the Cornelius carriage, that's what it is. He wants to show off this car that, you know, he claims, uh, credit for inventing, of course, Torque invented. And then they go off on an adventure to find out why there was an explosion on a mountain. Um, like I said, nothing too heavy or difficult, very approachable. And the significance of it being approachable, I think, is that these kind of stories, um, and they're as old as children's stories, um, because they are, are, are the kind of stories that bring a, a a touch of humor to an experience that could be terrifying. Um, namely, the experience that the adults that ought to look out for you and that you ought to trust, those um, you know, parental figures or uh, adult figures that are supposed to be um, wise and knowledgeable and, um, and discriminating and, uh, and so on and so forth, are in fact um, very flawed human beings, which is exactly what... 
um, Bing's father, the king, is. And um, and I think it's no small thing that um, this kind of story appeals to kids and that it's a kind of story that um, it, that lets them poke at the possibility that maybe they are smarter than their parent, uh, than the adult in the room. And if that ennobles them, if that encourages them, as in fills them with the courage to um, become the responsible one, to become the caretaker of their parent, um, that's not such a bad thing, I think. Um, I think that's one of the functions of these kinds of stories, the bumbling parent story, um, because, you know, it is part of our process of growing up and individuation that we have to um, start to figure out that our parents don't know what they're doing and that therefore we um, we need to start to take care of ourselves um, and them and maybe the entire kingdom of kazoo <laughs> um, Mark Twain famously said I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact numbers but you know something along the lines of when I was 12 my, my parents knew everything and when I was 18 they knew nothing and then when I was 26 they knew everything again uh, those numbers aren't accurate, <laughs> but maybe they're actually more accurate to our times. The sense as a kid, as you um, enter adulthood or early adolescence um, or late, you know, late childhood, um, that, um, yeah, you you got to take care of, of dad because he's nuts. <laughs> so I, you know, I read it with my daughter and I, I, I wondered how much she reflected on that, <laughs> you know, how much she thought, you know, this guy's not too far from you, dad, your head is definitely in the clouds. And, uh, sometimes, uh, if it weren't for me keeping you sane and pointing your attention to where it should be, um, we would be a wreck. So yeah, so that's the King of Kazoo. Um, Norm Feudy. It's the first volume, I should say. Um, actually, my, my daughter uh, was so enthusiastic by the end of the book that uh, she kept saying, where's the second volume? Where's the next book? And I said, I kept trying to explain to her, no, this just came out. This is the first volume. We're going to have to wait. Um, so I'm hoping, looking forward to um, future volumes. And so is my kid. Um, so, um, Mr. Feudy, if you hear this, um, you know, commend you for telling this kind of as I said, approachable and appealing tale for young ones to um, imagine that maybe their <laughs> their kings and queens and their uh, parental figures need a little bit of help, and maybe they're just the ones, they're just the heroes and heroines to to do it um, to help us to save us all. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I finally kept an episode within 20 minutes and, uh, now I'm going to blow that by talking more, but, uh, I just want to, um, say that I'm excited about this, uh, new Friday family graphic novel edition. Um, Saturday, I'm going to talk about Batgirl number one and, um, art by Raphael Albuquerque written by Hope Larson. As I said earlier, Sunday, our Sunday small smaller press book is going to be uh, from myriad 
which is a, a British outfit, and the book is called The Opportunity by Will Volley. And then on Sunday, I think I'm going to talk about Totally Awesome Hulk number nine. Um, after that, there will be a few more episodes, and then I'm going to go on that hiatus that I talked about earlier for a couple of weeks. Um, and during the hiatus, evaluate whether or not this is something we're going to keep doing, whether we're going to keep having the um, the Paulist. Um, one thing that will help sway my decision is whether or not you are listening and whether you um, like the show. And so please rate and review on iTunes. Um, I hear that's how podcasts get noticed. <laughs> um, uh, doesn't have to be positive. just has to be honest. Um, and uh, you can always contact me, uh, tweet me at Tuplai, T-W-O-P-L-E-I, or uh, email me at Tuplai at gmail.com and let me know you're out there. Okay, thank you. And hey, kids, keep reading.